Welcome to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Guys, you have found our top 10 episode playlist for 2022. These are the cream of the crop, the best of the best from 2017 to today. In fact, these are the episodes that I personally would share with someone who's just learning about this strategy. Maybe you know somebody who'd like to hear this episode too. All right, here we go. Enjoy the episode. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode four. What is the perfect financial solution? Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Bach, and with us here in the studio today is co-host Mark Willis. Hi there. And our regular contributor, Katrina Willis. Hello. So thank you for joining us and coming back to us uh, after our last couple episodes where we've just really been um, hitting you guys with some heavy material and uh, maybe even some things that have been kind of hard to hear, difficult to hear, or uh, maybe just didn't want to hear. Um, but, you know, we believe that it's not always about what we want to hear. It's about what's, you know, what's reality. And we've kind of been describing for you uh, what the average situation for people is today, what the average American is facing. Uh, but then we also did promise that there would be a light at the end of the tunnel. And so that's what this episode is for um, here today, guys, to give you a little bit of that, that light, um, maybe the silver lining on a very gray and, and gloomy cloud. Um, and so, you know, we promised a solution to you guys. And so we want to talk about that a little bit today. So uh, kind of diving into, you know, what is that perfect financial solution? Uh, you know, what is it? it? Does it exist? And if so, you know, what is it? Because I want it, you know. And so uh, there are obviously a lot of products out there. So you've got a lot of options to choose from, but, you know, kind of this idea of which one is the best, which one's going to uh, meet all your needs and, and make all the problems we talked about before just go away. Um, and so, but I think in order to, to get to that point where you can maybe figure out, you know, what is that product um, that would be perfect for you? What is that perfect financial solution? You really have to ask yourself, uh, what do you want your money to do for you? Because where your money lives is going to make it act differently, right? You can have right. your money in any different number of products and each one's going to act a little differently. Some of them are closer, you know, more similar than others, but ultimately each one is unique and uh, in its own way. And so obviously when it comes to that, I mean, your, your money could be liquid or your money could be illiquid. Your money could be tax advantaged or it could be subject to traditional tax laws. Uh, your money could have, you know, guarantees associated with it. Uh, it could be safer or your money could be completely at risk. And there's there's no guarantees, there's no floor, there's no ceiling, and it's just kind of like, 
anything could happen. <laughs> um, and so, you know, kind of that idea of thinking about what do you want your money to do, because ultimately that might dictate where you want it to be uh, based upon those different factors. You know, what, how do you want it to be acting? What do you want it to be doing for you? And so you want to be thinking about that as you think over the different products out there and what might be a good fit for you. And Mark, I know you did a lot of research into this and into a lot of different uh, products that are out there and, and kind of what they could accomplish for people, which ones were, were better than others and things like that. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about uh, what it was that you found. Well, you know, great, great uh, opening there, Holly. And I think it's super important for us to actually, all of us just ask that question. What do I want my money to do for me? Stop and think about that for a moment. Because there's literally hundreds of financial products. And of those hundreds of products, you can use them thousands, tens of thousands of ways. Right? You can use real estate for many different things. It's not just a one-use, one-strategy asset. Right? So imagine for a moment, it's a great way to think different about money. Uh, take the label off of where your money lives today. Bank account, that's a label. Right? Stock account, brokerage account, those are all labels. And we all have preconceived notions about what happens when our money is in, for example, a brokerage account. So let's take a minute and just zip back all the, the labels that we put our money into and ask what you said so well, Holly, what is the function of the money? And what's important to me about what my money is doing for me? Wherever it is, you know, take away my preconceived notions and my biases and my opinions, and what I heard from CNN Money or Dave Ramsey or whomever, and just say, well, what do I want it to do for me? And Katrina, I'm curious, you know, what are some things if you were Pope of Money for the day, <laughs> oh. you got to wear the big white hat, what would you want your money to do for you? How could you just create for yourself just this unicorn financial vehicle? Oh, I'm thinking about popes and unicorns. Mm -hmm. um, I think having a, a liquid, like something that I can access that's not going to be behind a brick wall is a big deal. I think a lot of people use bank accounts for this because they can just go to the ATM. What's important about access to you? Well, money is for using, right? Like we need money to do everything. We need money for groceries, to, for basic security needs. Um, and so we want to be able to have access to it when we need it and not have to pay penalties or have our hands slapped when we need to use the cash. That's a huge one. I see a lot of people in trouble when they can't get access to money they've saved. That's a problem. So I want it liquid. I want it... Um, to be there. I want it safe. You know, I don't want it to just go up and smoke one day because someone did something. <laughs> right. Um, those are big ones for me. I want it growing. Mm -hmm. Growing is really important. Growth. I don't want it to be, you know, the tin can under the bed idea that's not growing. It I want grows it to... mold when it's under the bed, oh. right? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Yuck. Okay. So, yeah. So those are just a few things. How many, how far no, do you want me to great. go? I mean, so we're starting the conversation for, for you, our listeners, but really sit down, write it, write yourself uh, a letter about this, you know, make it a two dozen different characteristics or attributes because, you know, literally when I was uh, going through my certified financial planning designation studies, really we went through probably about 400 to 450 different financial products that are out there. All of them did different things really well 
and did other things really poorly. And I guess I'm remembering as a child, my parents would always tell me that if you did something with a toy that it wasn't really designed to do, you could end up breaking the toy or hurting yourself, right? So similar with financial products, all of them are really designed to do something. And up on the show notes, we'll include this uh, table that we've created for you, the strengths and limitations of common financial products. Now, I'll just give you a few from our list here. Uh, I'll just read a few off, right? Uh, you, you know the labels. So, you know, we and, and Holly, you mentioned a long list of really good attributes that we should be looking for in our, in our perfect financial instrument, whatever that might be. And we'll include that document on the show notes as well, the perfect financial instrument. But some of the things, the places you can put your money, I'll just list them off as quickly as I can. Cash, just in a shoebox. Savings and checking accounts. Certificates of deposit or CDs. Bonds and bond funds. Precious metals, commodities like gold, silver. Term insurance. It's a place you can store your money. If you never really thought about that, you could pay a little bit of premium and then pass away and leave a lot of money that you didn't save, right? So that's a way to save money. Fixed annuities, preferred stock, common stock, equity mutual funds, variable annuities, indexed universal life, variable universal life, ETFs or exchange-traded funds, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, tons of qualified plans like that, KEO plans, real estate, and whole life insurance. Those are just a number of different places you can keep cash. It's not even a complete list, but that gives us an idea of where you could put your money and where you put it makes it do different things, right? Uh, so what are the qualities of vital financial management? What is it when you look at somebody, and, and again, Holly, I'm curious on this for you, um, when you see somebody who's, who's, who you can kind of just tell has done well financially, what are some characteristics or qualities of that person and also what you think they've done with their money? What What do you notice? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess um, maybe not necessarily if I don't already know what they've done um, and I haven't had that conversation with them yet, but if they are someone that has um, kind of made some good steps, they're in a good place. I mean, really the, the first thing you kind of notice about them is that they're like the, the peace of mind they have. They're They're calm. You know, and they don't mind talking about their finances um, to to an extent. They are you know proud, you know maybe rightfully so of, of where they are and how they've done. And so you, they they just have this this overwhelming like peace of mind and calm about them that you really don't find very often. And um, and so that always kind of strikes me. They're not anxious about their finances. They're not stressed about what's going to happen tomorrow or even in uh, five years from now. You know, they, they've laid the proper groundwork to be able to get where they are today, and they're able to operate within that right. um, with, with an incredible... Um, an incredible calm and, and peace of mind. And it's, and it's great to see. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's the goal for everyone. You know, I want everyone to be in that place where um, it's no longer the, the constant day-to-day paycheck-to-paycheck cycle or the constant, you know, worrying about this or that or the other thing or, oh, no, it's picture day at school. Where am I going to find the couple hundred dollars I need to <laughs> buy pictures, <laughs> school pictures, things like that, and um, or, you know, sports, things like that. So, um, um, yeah, I, I think the, the first thing that kind of strikes you is they're not worried about the little things. They're um, even to an extent not 
as worried about the big things because they've kind of accounted for that too. And they just have this peace of mind about them. What about you, Katrina? What are some things that you see when you notice somebody is is living the financially stress-free life? They've got a finan- they've got a uh, vital financial persona about them. What does that mean? What does that look like to you? Yeah, I piggyback on Holly's thing completely. That was fantastic description of the literally the nervous system sort of calms down in an individual. Also, it opens up the doors for opportunities that didn't exist. Prior, So you see people that are financially sane, able to invest in real estate or to take these big um, purchases and be able to make things happen, to devote cash flow to charities, to be able to create new programs and initiatives that change the world. And that's a big deal. We need that sanity to sprout into initiative and to make a difference. So there's huge implications for having a sane foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, the living within your means. And, you know, there's a great book, The Millionaire Next Door. Uh, and it was done off some research that someone did, that, that a team of researchers did to market to luxury, uh, marketing luxury brands to the affluent. So these luxury brands uh, came to the researchers and said, well, you know, tell us who the millionaires are. This was back in the 90s when a million dollars meant something. Uh, and they said, well, show us who they are, what kind of people are they, what kind of cars do they drive. So they did a full nationwide research survey and came to the conclusion that more millionaires uh, wear Timex watches than Rolex watches. More millionaires drive Ford pickups than Cadillacs. And it's the people who are in debt up to their eyeballs, like we talked about <laughs> in episode two, that uh, are you know, living the financially insane life. So uh, we won't go over that much more, but there's some great material on our show notes with regard to the strengths and limitations of a ton of different places you can keep your money to let it do different things. And uh, really, I guess I'm curious, you know, there's, is there really a perfect, and I'm putting my air quotes, which I know is great to do when you're on a podcast, <laughs> perfect financial product for everybody. Is there really, really a perfect financial product for everybody? I'm going to go ahead and say no. I think that there are some places that are better than others, depending on where you are on your financial journey and your financial relationship with money. Holly, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's ignorant and maybe even arrogant, you know, to try and say that there that there is one end-all, be-all solution for everyone. And because it's not true, (laughs) everyone's different. And each person um, has different circumstances, different things they're trying to accomplish with their money. And we have to account for that in the solutions that uh, we provide for them and ultimately, you know, what what people ultimately end up moving forward with. And I, I would even, you know, challenge you listeners to think for a second, do you want there to just be one? You know, do you want there to be just this, this magic pill that works for everyone? Because if you really think about that, the answer is probably no. Like, do you want the thing that's going to work for you to work for them to work for them? Work for, I mean, we're not, then we're not accounting at all for individual needs and um, differences, you know, unique particularities. The and, government could totally tax it a lot easier if there was just one yeah. out there, right? Yeah, yeah. right. And so I think that that's kind of a, you know, we talked about before us, us wanting their, um, you know, wanting to do better, have this 
solution and we kind of like chase, you know, we're, we're, we're chasing the, the silver, the shiny thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes what we do with this idea of there being a perfect financial instrument. And so we just want the new shiny thing. We want um, whatever that perfect thing's going to be. And we just want to set it and forget it and not have to worry about it after that. Like we found it. We got it good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the end of it. Um, but I, I don't think that should be the case even. And um, it's because we have to account for each person's unique you know, situation and make sure that we're getting the uh, right products that are going to do the right thing for the right person at the right time um, and taking all that into account. So I think when it comes to achieving peace of mind, and making sure you have the right products built up to provide you that peace of mind that it's not about an individual product at all. Maybe it's more about a way of thinking and a way of structuring your finances that has nothing to do with um, one, one thing. You know, it's it's maybe it's a compilation a compilation of things. And I mean, I guess you hear people talk about, you know, my portfolio, you know, <laughs> I have my portfolio. You want to see my portfolio? And it's, you know, all about, oh, my portfolio is diversified. Um, but I would stretch it beyond that. And I wouldn't even use that same word because of the con- connotations it's picked up, um, because even then people are just talking about their brokerage account portfolio. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're laying before you, oh, well, I'm diversified. I've got this, I've got that, and this and that, and you know, large cap, small cap, this, that, you know. And um it needs to be even broader than yeah, that. You I always thinking, ask I always ask folks, uh, if 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 you have all your eggs in twelve different baskets, but they're all on the same truck when they go over the cliff. <laughs> How diversified was that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're talking about non-correlated assets. Uh, so go go on. You're 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 on a roll there. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, just just this idea of maybe um, the solution to building financial peace of mind has nothing to do with a particular product, but rather a way of structuring your finances. And uh, we kind of like to call it the financial pyramid. So I know, again, we're going to do something that's a little bit hard to do over over a podcast and just with audio, but visualize with me. <laughs> and we'll put this up on our, um, our page as well, so you can always reference it after. But uh, imagine a pyramid in your mind, okay? And so we've got a big base and a tiny top, right? And so um, at, at the base of this financial pyramid, we want to have, um, what is that base? It's your foundation, right? It's what you're going to be building everything off of. And so because of that, we need that base and we need that foundation to be safe and liquid. So think about your financial situation and do you have safe and liquid products, solutions in place that you're building off of to build the rest of your pyramid. And from there, we work upwards. And so, um, Mark, if you want to jump in and uh, maybe go over some of the other steps of it as well. Well, there's, I mean, just, you know, so when we think about the pyramids and Katrina, you you brought up earlier before we started recording a bit about uh, the history of the pyramids, but we got to think about this in terms of volume. You know, the, is, the, is the bottom of your pyramid smaller than the top? Are you an upside down financially, financial pyramid, right? Where you've got 400 bucks in savings, but you got 50 grand in a 401k you can't touch. So tell us a bit about what you've done in some study and re- review of the Egyptian pyramids. 
Oh, I was just thinking about how it's it's an architecture form. Can't really reproduce it now. That was a pretty and amazing feat that the Egyptians put together. But the main purpose of those pyramids was to house and embalm these ancient um, individuals. The most precious people, right. Right, yeah. so that they have longevity even after death, that they're mm-hmm. preserved, um, that they're protected. And so I found that to be fascinating. You know, if you're thinking about your financial plan in terms of a pyramid, not a pyramid scheme, right? Like we're talking about a pyramid structure that you're looking at. And in the base, you want whatever you put in there to be there when you need it, <laughs> which is what we were talking about, right? Like when you were asking me the question. Whether it's a mummy or, a money, or money, right? <laughs> if I put a giant bag of money in that pyramid, I want that bag of money to still be there and not be, yeah. I don't want to be a ghost of Bernie Madoff. I don't want to be, right. you know, I don't want to walk into the pyramid and have dust everywhere. So... I think there's something to this, and having it liquid's huge too. You know, there's so many. There's a lot of options for safe and liquid cash. Um, lot, like you said, Holly, a lot of different products that are available for that. Um, so yeah, I think it is. It's an architecture that you're describing, and not a one-size-fits-all answer. And the people that we see who have the most financial peace have their architecture in the right order, so that their their pyramid isn't tipping on the point and trying to. You know, it just falls over that way eventually. It never stays in balance. But having a solid, confident base is key. Yeah, and, and as we build from that, and I'd say if you just spent your entire life building the foundation of your pyramid, you'd probably be better off than the 95% of Americans. You would not be the average American, that's for sure, if you had a real foundation. And like you said, Katrina, they're most precious people. They're kings, they're queens, were housed in the base of their pyramid, not in the top. It would have been harder for guys to steal the mummy if it had been maybe at the very tip top, right? But it was in the base, in the very foundation. So what is your foundation? Uh, Not talking about money. We're not talking about a cool, snazzy stock that we're going to tell you to to go out and invest in. We're talking about what is your most precious asset? And is it your sanity? Is it your attention to what really matters in life? So if you've built a financial pyramid with a solid base, you can really build up from there to more speculative things, more money you can afford to lose, right? You can throw that money at the swampland in Florida or even give it to a guy named Bernie uh, (laughs) and be all right if it's gone the next day because your foundation is still present. So um, that's what I would say. Uh, But Holly, what do you think? What should should be uh, a core financial uh, product that we build into our financial foundation? So we're kind of wrapping up here. Yeah, well, there's a couple different things um, that would qualify for this part of your pyramid, talking about the, the base of it. Um, and But really, one thing that we've stumbled across um, in our, our work and our experience is something called Bank on Yourself. And it is one of the best solutions for beginning your pyramid and really is a wonderful place to start and to build that foundation. And so uh, we're actually going to spend our next episode diving into that a little bit deeper as over the next couple episodes, we're going to help you guys think through how we can build these uh, pyramids up and um, ultimately achieve the financial peace of mind that can come with them. And so uh, we'll be talking about that in our next episode. So stay tuned and uh, look forward to speaking with you guys then. Thank you for joining us here today for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, uh, where we are helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. 
Thanks, everyone. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.